This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. In addition to our usual obscenity warning, we would like to note that this episode contains extensive talk of sexual assault and similar crimes of men against women. Please take care of yourself while listening. And if this is triggering for you, we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading Chapter 10 of The Will of the Empress. So grab a cup of coffee. Or tea. Or a drink of choice. And let's feel inadequate. Chapter 10. Cassandra, Triss, and Ambrose arrive in Puffkin. Triss realizes their bridge needs repairs and plops down to fix it. Magically. And scares half the town. (laughs) She was just going to do it uh, nonchalantly where no one would ever know. (laughs) Yeah, no, it didn't work. On their way back, the group gets held up by a couple of minor nobles who hope to kidnap Sandry and force her to marry. She ensures they leave without their clothes and without their dignity. <laughs> when Triss suggests that the four kids won't stand against Ishabal Ladyhammer, Sandry insists this is because they have failed to reopen their connection and the two girls have a spat. Triss talks it out with Briar and Daja and eventually Rizu, while Sandry is, quote, comforted by Finn and Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. I like that Triss enjoyed the challenge of reinforcing the riverbank. She was like kind of going through her brain like, hmm, I got to be careful doing this, but like I can do it. And if I'm good at it, I can make sure no one will like figure out that I've done it. It feels like a very Triss thing to be like, I don't want to deal with the people. Let me go talk to the Brit. Yeah, it kind of keeps going in the chapter, but like she doesn't like, I guess it's the amount of power that she wields. She doesn't like when people talk about it or bring it up. She's doing it, but she is capable and she's willing to do it even without being asked. She just doesn't want everyone to make a big fucking deal about it. I also like the fact that she was a little overconfident while doing that and saying, you know, oh, I'm going to do this so subtly and so quietly and so smartly that no one's even going to know I did it. It's like I was wasn't even here. Meanwhile, she makes little tremors scaring people. She starts sliding into the mud. I think the little girl Moggin says, like, the whole town shook or something. (laughs) Come on, Tris. Communicate with at least Sandry or Ambrose saying, hey, 
I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to try to do it as carefully as possible so there isn't a commotion. But if there is, this is what's going on. And she she's just so confident that she's going to be able to do it without causing any commotion. She, ah, it'll be fine. She can't do that because she's mad at Sandry because she's a noble. She can't just do that. She has to do it I, quietly. I think she can't do that because she is too scared to be vulnerable with people and doesn't want to open up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's ironic because I don't know, to me it seems like it comes a lot out of that well I do these big magics and then people get scared but people would be less scared if she said she something. Can- <laughs> yeah. So she's like I'm not going to tell people because it freaks them out but then it freaks them out more because she doesn't tell them. Yeah. Tristan Sandry start joking around again. Which my heart, they're finally getting back to knowing each other, I guess. We also see it, you know, after all of the uh, waterway fixing stuff. I don't remember what Tris said, but she says something like, Oh, I'm sorry, Your Majesty. I was just doing this for free because I can. And then Sandry's like, I know you. You're hungry. We'll cheer up when you get some food in you. I'm not going to like entertain this. Like, I, I get it. And some people are just like that. That's me and Steven all the time. I'll try to pick a fight with him. He's like, shut up, you're hungry. And then he'll feed me and I'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you get a little hangry and that's uh-huh. that's okay. I feel like it comes back again a page or two later where Tris is like, I wasn't trying to scare people. I just wanted to fix it because I could. And then it was going to save you some money. And Sandra goes, oh, donkey dong. I was really hoping to sell mom's rubies. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was my uh, next one, actually. Uh, Donkey Dung. Because we all know, we all know it's just PG 13 bullshit. Literally. <laughs> Tris saying, I wouldn't touch you to kick you. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking mood. <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of the uh, I wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire. The snark. The snark is there. Uh, he I, fucking deserves it. Is he calling her a fatty and that shouldn't be eating anymore? Like, fuck off, dude. Oh, yeah. I liked when Nameless Guard number seven suggests that Sandry make the saddlery fall apart on the horses. Yes. And that yeah. goes into my next one, which is when yet another one of the guards says, uh, I'd surrender if I were you. She's been nice. She hasn't asked the redhead to look after you. The redhead isn't at all nice. And then Triss says, I've been working on it. I'm crying. It's funny. <laughs> But it also shows how the guards, like, they were all freaked the fuck out when Triss was doing shit earlier and realizing that Sandra has magic. But, like, knowing that they are on their side and that they're capable, they're beginning to, you know, have more trust in these in these characters, which is, this is an awesome way to do it, to show that they're not like, oh, we were all so impressed when they did the thing. It's giving them some character, even though they're not named, but it's like, hey, you know what, what else would be good if you took a, you took apart their saddles? Or, hey, you, you better be happy that she's the one taking care of you and not Triss, because Triss will fuck your shit up sideways till Tuesday. It's really well written. It reminds me of Sandry's bodyguards in Magic Step mm-hmm. and the banter that they have, especially the banter that they have with Pasco. It's it's cool, and I, I feel like it shows that the people in Sandry's um, domain are eventually going to start liking her, even though they don't really know her. She's making a good impression, I think. Vedris uh, taught her well. I also like the part where Sandry suggested what the Empress could do about, you know, trying to keep her there. In words, she learned from Briar. Yep. <laughs> and then it makes Amber flinch like whoa okay i was not expecting you to say that but all right you really aren't a noble girl are you a noble lady i I thought the worst i was going to hear from you is donkey dung (laughs) i also liked when jack is trying to comfort sandra and he's like but think of the freedom you'll have as a as a married woman within limit of course yeah, in their culture, freedom is a... You won't have term. to worry about being kidnapped anymore, so of course that means you're free. Yeah. The memory of standing, Sandry standing her ground against Crane getting brought up. <laughs> we don't like cages. We tend, to t- we tend to stay away from them while we can. That's a mood. Look <laughs> at Jack insinuating Briar and Sandry, and Sandry's like, oh, fucking yuck. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. You like the gardener boy, don't you? She's like, oh, God. He's my brother. And he's, uh, oh, I didn't notice the family resemblance. Oh, well, it's there. Okay. 
Good no more kiss Briar than oh please. It's just too grotesque to even think about. She literally went, ew, gross. You know it's bad when they pull out grotesque. Mm-hmm. So my first one is when Sandry's shaking Trist, like, hey, come out of your stupor, you're scaring everyone. Trist realizes she's like waist deep in mud. The little girl, Megan, was like, you sank, the ground went soft. She gets all surprised because Trist is able to like brush the dirt off and it all just slides off. And Tris is like, well, when Sandy makes a dress for a rainy day, she makes sure no one will have to wash it 12 times to get it clean. Really, she's very useful to have around, even if she is a clahem. Yes. <laughs> I like when Ambrose was like, I've never known any- anyone like either of you. Uh, not a noble one, not a noble woman who didn't prize expensive stones, nor a young woman who can stir up the earth like a stew pot and say, oh, by the way, I've just saved you 100 gold grips in riverbank shoring, not to mention the lives of the few who always managed to fall into the river and die during the work. Oh, I just casually did this for you, saved you a lot of money. No big deal. It's fine. If nothing else, Tris thinks with her pocketbook. This is yep. true. She's staying thrifty. Uh, again, I just love the whole scene of the kidnappers trying to kidnap Sandry. And Sandry's just like, I'm not going with these people. I can't abide men who don't dress properly. And then all their clothes just fall off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so great. <laughs> and then they still try to be kind of dignified while covering themselves like, we'll get you next time. <laughs> I like that the handle of the axe even falls off. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, she was very thorough. She was very, very, very thorough. I like this little bit of writing. Briar, Tris, and Daja are talking to each other, I guess. What's her name? Rizu? Yeah. Anyway, she overhears them talking, and they explain to her about all the stuff that Sandry has gone through. And just there's a quick little summary of what happened in all the other books, which was so nice. We don't need like a whole chapter dedicated to everything that has happened in the past. It was just real quick. And it was real nice. It was really, really good writing. With the exposition again. Mm-hmm. I also like the part where Daja just kind of looks at Rizu's boobs. <laughs> they got hot. It's like, oh, those are nice. I dislike the part where Jack and Finn are trying to comfort her, especially Finn, when he's like, oh, uh, Sandy tries to tell him, oh, well, he needs, Ambrose needs all the men for plowing. And Finn's like, I knew Ambrose was a little better than a bookkeeper, but what an insult. You shouldn't have to defend yourself. You are a gentle creature who must not be touched by sordidness like that. Like, yeah. Were you not there for magic steps? Like, she has been touched by all kinds of nasty magic and such. Dude, shut the fuck up. You are not helping at all. To be fair, he was not there for magic steps. I get that, but, like, he has heard about things that has gone on. So I'm sure he's heard about this. You're a delicate creature. Like, shut up. You are not helping at all it's just a very unconvincing attempt to like get in her good graces again yeah like they're trying too hard and not understanding what the actual issue is i think everyone could understand why sandry would be just like i'm, I'm kind of tired of this bullshit yeah and then my last one is when sandry's thinking to herself she doesn't want a husband and then the face of shan popped up in her in her mind and she's like i don't want a husband i don't <laughs> even if he is good looking i don't want him maybe maybe a little husband maybe i don't know no 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 but- no no mind i don't okay stop it i thought it was interesting at the beginning that tris seems to be able to also smell on the wind she's like oh someone's churning butter Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's also smelled like the outhouses. It was like, hmm, I need to tell Sandry that she needs to have them shovel manure. Question. Do we remember if that had been brought up in the past? The I don't think so. I think she's only ever been able to like hear things on the wind and then now obviously see things on the wind. But I don't ever remember like smelling on the wind. That's what I thought too, which like thinking back, it feels like Tamara Pierce brought in the smelling just this chapter and then like 
explained it in this chapter where she was like, oh, yeah, I smell the butter and the outhouses to later on in the chapter be like, I smell the like iron and sweat and leather Mm -hmm. from the armored guys coming up. Like maybe she had intended for this to be a thing and was going to put it in this chapter. And then she got to this chapter and was like, oh, fuck, I forgot to make this a thing. Got to make it a thing right now. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I have done this. It's just one of those things that happens, I think, because it it feels like a natural extension of her abilities anyways, but it's just never been brought up. As far as I know, I could be wrong. Yeah. If I'm wrong. I don't don't recall her smelling anything before, but she's been out on the road for a long time. Maybe she learned it while she was learning to see things on the wind, too. Who knows? Yeah. It says she'd forgotten how tiring it was to force what was left of the powers of the tremors and the volcanoes back into their proper braids. And I was just like, Tris, have we learned nothing? It's just like every book she's in, she does something where she's like, oh, God, now I'm wiped. She didn't collapse this time, though. So, hey. Well, she doesn't use it often enough, I don't think, because she actively tries to not use that kind of magic, I think. So... Well, she goes to use again. It's been a while. So she's like, ah, it's not a big deal. I won't, I won't use nearly as much as I did that last time. It doesn't, it won't make me tired. And like, oh, shit. Never mind. Whoops. I forgot. <laughs> this is actually very tiring. That's probably kind of what she was thinking of like, oh, I won't use as much as I did last time because she's also like, oh, I'll rearrange all the rocks under the bridge and no one will notice. No one will ever notice. So I won't have to use very much. It'll be fine. Half a day later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love that cut that it ends with no one will ever notice. And then we have a scene break and the next scene opens with like Sandry waking Triss up at midday. And she's like, you've been here for hours. No one will notice me gone for an hour, for hours just sitting here on the bank. It's fine. Making the earth shake. No problem. This is kind of random, but I was looking through the glossary and Mm -hmm. I noticed the terms for all the nobility are also Namorni's words for like weaponry. Baron and Baroness is Bidis, which is dagger. And then Lord and Lady, Saghad, which is arrow. Count and Countess is Clayham, which is sword. And then Duke and Duchess is Gioth, which is shield. That's really cool. Triss is thinking about going to Lightsbridge and how uh, things will be different there. And people won't look at her. People won't fuss at her for being odd. I think this is a lot like uh, no one will notice but yeah, no. I'm sure people will notice like her twitching of seeing things on the wind and not being able to sleep very good. They're going to notice her weirdness. She's not going to be able to run away from it. It's who she is, but yeah. she can just keep thinking that to herself. And another part of who she is, I think, is like using her magic to help people, which mm-hmm. is great. But it also means you're not going to hide it. Just like her sitting on the bank for half a day. I'm going to hide this. It's no big deal. No. (laughs) There's no getting away from it. After seeing her work with the riverbanks, none of the guards insisted she move inside their circle. They all surround Sandry and Ambrose to, like, keep them safe when they get ambushed. And nobody really cares whether or not Triss is inside. Just like, no, no, she can take care of herself. We're good. Yeah. I got to talk about the innuendo. So Sandry says something like, isn't that just like a bully? You think that just because you have a sword, you're better than me or whatever. Um, And there's like two pages here where every time somebody says the word sword, it feels like an innuendo to me. But it just feels really well done. Um, I mean, like Ambrose actually does the innuendo and it's very clear. But like this this line feels like an innuendo but it's appropriate because she's like oh just because you have a sword you think you're better than me it also works if she says like oh you think that just because you have a penis you're better than me i didn't think it's actually super appropriate just Uh, makes it even better now (laughs) her framing him as a bully also reminds me of Keladry, who's one of Pierce's Tortal heroines. Kel's entire book series is kind of framed around bullying. 
Kel was always the Tortal heroine that I uh, felt the most connection to. So I was just like, ah, I see why I am the Sandry. The guards circle around Sandry to keep her safe, but then they're not really worried about Triss. And then when Sandry's moving forward, she's like, get out of my way. And then Triss turns to them and she's like, you should do what she says. Yeah. Trust me. You will get caught up in this too and you don't want that. Yes. To quote a previous line in the chapter, Sandry isn't a helpless maiden. No magistrate will penalize a man who kidnaps an unmarried woman for the purposes of marriage. You said it. Uh, it's disgusting. Yeah. And all the men in the group, the guards, even Ambrose are just like, oh, it's, it's tradition, it's fine. It's and she's like, it's barbaric. And they're like, they start bristling. Like, so did Ambrose kidnap his wife? Is that why he's so like getting bristled I, about? Like, I severely doubt it. They're I don't think so. Love. I don't see him kidnapping. There are still traditional weddings. Like, it's I know, like, but I'm just saying, like, why is he so taken aback by it? Did he participate in this tradition because, if he's so bristled by it? Because it's a tradition and uh, it's a. It's a horrible tradition. I do feel like it's definitely just one of those things where it's like so ingrained in how they live every day that everybody does it and no one sees it as sees it as wrong at this point. I'm sure there's detractors always, but for them, it's just how they've always lived. Doesn't make it right. Horrible. It's it's what they got. We hate to have to be forced to marry somebody I don't want to marry. I really like the fact that they talk about how forced marriages still happen in Emelon, but they're sneakier. And this just felt very, very real. Yeah, this kind of shit happens in the United States, too. As far as I know, it's not typically like, I'm going to kidnap you until you sign this paperwork. It's sneakier, but it happens. Briar notices that he's not Rizu's type. Hmm. (laughs) I wonder why. I really like how Sandry is dealing with like having really complex feelings. And she's like, how do I feel angry about this and upset about that and sad about this other thing and happy that I did this all at the same time? I was just like, I know this feeling. I know this cauldron of feelings that is a single feeling. Sandry couldn't help it. Her mouth curled with disdain. And my money bags? Finn kissed her hand. Don't interest me in the least, he assured her, which I'm sure is a lie. Yeah. Uh, You don't see something precious and beautiful and consider its cost. Or at least a true nobleman does not. (laughs) I love Goodwin's face right now. Leave that for the merchants and the traders. Those of us of rank know what real value is. All right, Goodwin, what was was your response to this? I forgot that I put down a fucking note under this line. (laughs) And after all of that, I just wrote down simp. Just as in, like, he's just like, oh, I don't care about money, your majesty. I just love you. Like, quit simping. Shut up, guy. You don't even know me. I don't care about your money. I think you're amazing. Shut up. Shut up. Whatever. You just think I'm amazing because you're being told to tell me I'm amazing. Ugh. It's such bullshit. And then on top of that, the the specific line where he says leave that for the merchants and traders and like, I'm like don't forget and that you're, you're her literally just our merchants right. and traders you're insulting them while trying to make yourself look good like <laughs> I love the fact that after that line she stopped listening yeah if you look after that it's just like she finally got rid of him after that. Like she, yeah. she literally just shut down and was like, no. All right. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's nice. That's nice. That's not Okay. You can go now. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that uh, Finn is out of the running. For sure. At uh, least Jack is nice. She, she thinks that he's nice. Finn, she's just like, oh my God, this guy. Well, is Finn the one that did that tried to flatter her when he first met her? And then she was like, "Uh, flattery doesn't work on me. He's still doing it. I know. A true noble doesn't doesn't care about your money. And no. (laughs) Oh, my God. He does not take a hit. Yeah. Um, I don't like flattery. Oh, you don't like flattery? Let me flatter you some more. It'll work great this time. And while I'm flattering you, let me subtly insult all of your loved ones at the same time. Yes. 
What? Why wouldn't you want to marry me? Right? Stupid. <laughs> if you're going to try to woo somebody, at least try to figure out things about this person instead of just like spouting nonsense. Like, you're not going to do a very good job not knowing anything about this person. Like, oh, your family is traders and merchant people? Ah, whatever. I'll insult him. It's fine. Because I know literally nothing about you. This has been Courting Tips with Brittany. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. What theme or message did you find? Well, I think we already found one theme, and that's men be doing shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and in line with that, I wrote, fear i'm pretty sure they did a good job of scaring the pants off of those guys although literally (laughs) literally literally (laughs) and then of course tris accidentally terrifies the townsfolk of Pofkim. less deserved i also wrote using magic to make amends which again same two scenes like we sort of see people fixing things and i guess it's not just magic unless we count the magic of friendship um kind of like this idea of making amends with Triss helping out to fix the bridge and then Sandry also discussing with Ambrose how to fix things in general in Pofkim. Sandry fucking up people's shit because they deserve it. Also, just the discussion that Briar and Triss and Daja have where Triss is like, shit, like I saw Sandry more mad than I've ever seen her today. And they're just kind of like, well, yeah, you know, this is kind of who she is. And maybe we sort of forgotten some of that and some of this righteous anger like makes sense and it's reasonable and kind of just sort of the discussion there so i feel like the the kids are also slowly getting closer the theme that i found i'm, I'm not quite sure if I, i'm using the right term because i feel like there's another one that would capture this better but uh selfishness 
or maybe having your cake and eating it too. We see Triss wanting to use her powers to do stuff, which, you know, it's all well and good, but from the nature of most of her abilities, it is something where you are going to get attention for it, mm-hmm. kind of either willingly or unwillingly. You, 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 it's just something that attracts attention, and she, it's going to be hard, hard, hard for her to get away with that or away from that. Um, Sandry, uh, she loves having the authority of a noble, and I think she uses it well. She's not, you know, uh, too capricious or, you know, lording over people, but when she wants to have authority over people that are doing bad stuff or something that's directly stopping her or her friends, she's willing to do it. She's got this authority and ability, and she wants to do what's right with it, but for that to continue with the way things are going, she is going to have to make some really hard decisions for the people that she's in charge of now. And with those decisions comes the entire fact that Empress is trying to keep her there. And she is going to use that stuff essentially against Sandra to try to to keep her there. And it's going to be hard for her to have it her way. She's always used to being able to do what she wants in whatever way she wants, usually for good reasons. But the Empress is going to use her land and her people against her to keep her there. And Sandra is so stubborn that I'm not really seeing a way that she's going to be able to get away with either not shirking her responsibility to her people and getting out or having to stay there and having to essentially give up her life which sucks but she can't really have it both ways i would argue that the more negative aspect of selfishness also shows up in this chapter with the people who lose their clothes and also finn and jack i feel like they're putting on an air of selflessness of like oh i care about you but that's not really why they're there that that was my next one is that uh jack and finn comfort sandry this is an air quotes comfort sandry uh, i forgot this is an audio podcast <laughs> they comfort her but only do it to serve their own aims we know they know sandry knows they still try it and it just comes off as um disingenuous it, it just sounds like it's bullshit and we, we all know it is but they still try and it, it just it's just a selfish way to try to get into sandry's good graces to to make it sound like you know they needed to be there or the guards didn't do a good job but it's just pure selfishness the reason why they're trying to comfort her you shouldn't have to defend yourself dear fuck you maybe i want to defend myself you're just a delicate creature i'm here to keep your honor i guess shut up (laughs) like dude i'm sorry come on Uh, neither finn nor jack could have handled that situation nearly as oh no oh no they would have made the situation way worse would have gotten their asses kicked and it would have been hilarious and then Sandry would have saved everyone. Yep. So you know what? I do kind of wish that Finn and Jack had been there. Because I would have loved to see that. Oh, get their asses handed to them? Oh, that'd be great. And then, oh, step aside, boys. I got this. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, that would be beautiful. They, they did not do their homework. No, they definitely did not. Brittany, did you have one or was yours just men be doing shit? Men be doing shit. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Men Accurate. really do be doing shit this this chapter. It's they really do, and not good things. No, it's all bad shit. It's all, it's all bad. bad. I feel like, really on, men do better. For, I feel really bad for Ambrose and Briar who are yeah. not doing shit and have to share this chapter with the men who be doing shit. I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, listen. There is, there's an earlier point in this book where Briar's like. Listen, I might be a flirt and I might take a lot of people to bed, but at least I asked for their permission first. Amen. (laughs) I think that that there's a follow-up with like, yeah, and if you didn't, Rose Thorne would like beat you to the ends of the earth. Mm -hmm. Which is also true, but you know. She taught her son well. She sure did. Andy, have you got a theme? Pretty birds and gilded cages. Mm. Mm -hmm. They're all kind of being corralled into these traditions these rules that none of them really want to follow briar is the one who mentions we don't like cages but then rizu's following up with um we're supposed to think it's fresh air like it doesn't matter how pretty the cage is it's still a cage (laughs) 
part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? Mine is don't be like uh, Jack and Finn. Learn to know when you are not needed to comfort someone. I know I've caught myself sometimes trying to comfort somebody and I'm not doing a good job of it and I keep trying anyway and sometimes just take the hint and leave that person the fuck alone sometimes trying to push yourself on a person to comfort them is not very comforting you're just in the way I gotta add on to that one because comforting people also comes in a lot of different ways I'm sure I brought this up before in the past but it took me a while to realize that when Allison is in a bad mood or like frustrated about something she just wants to be heard she doesn't necessarily want a fix she doesn't want to hear you know this is how you fix it if you do this it'll take care of the problem like i'm a fixer it's what i do i enjoy Mm -hmm. fixing things i enjoy figuring out situations i think i'm good at it but sometimes people don't need that they just want to be heard they want someone to sit down listen commiserate are you looking for solutions or are you looking to vent Mm mm-hmm it's it's quite literally like before someone like gets really into it you just look at them and go are you looking for solutions or are you looking to vent because i am down for either i've had people say that to me sometimes when i'm angry i don't even remember like who it was or what my answer was but i remember it being like that's really nice yeah because um, sometimes trying to fix it isn't yeah. what they need of course we must punishment punish him if he kills someone but kidnapping a mere bit of manly folly i'm sure if he apologizes to the woman and gives her flower she'll come to thank him i'm so glad you read that line because i wrote it down that's more of a psa than a personal magic but like i also can tie it into a personal magic which is why i went ahead and brought it up and the personal magic ties in with Britney's. So, like, here we go. Men be doing shit. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And they be mm-hmm. getting away with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge true crime person. All it does is piss me off. I don't find it fascinating. I don't find it neat. I don't find it. It disgusts me because human beings are terrible. I understand why people find it fascinating. I'm not that person, but my sibling and mother are both huge true crime people. So I'll be playing on my phone while they're watching their their murders and shit. There was a woman who murdered a man, her ex-stepfather, who she was had a really close relationship with. Even after her mother divorced him, they were still super close to the point where she moved in next door like she took care of him one day she found nude pictures of herself on his computer some of which dating back to when she was 16 so she killed them in my opinion completely justified (laughs) men be doing shit that's creepy that's gross if she would have gone to the cops and said hey listen these pictures right here are from when I'm 16. He would have been popped with child pornography, did four years, and then gotten out without any further consequences. She got sentenced to life, which is a minimum of 25 years. We see it time and time and time and time and time again. White men especially get such minor punishments for shit there's there was another one where a guy had assaulted like seven women in a 18 month period he was out on parole held up like something robbed somebody or something they left him on parole and then he murdered a woman and he only got like another 20 years tacked to a sentence this this is what happens when men be doing shit i'm not saying that's every guy by any stretch of the imagination but there is enough of a percentage where every woman that i know of has a story whether it be that they were touched inappropriately without their permission whether it be that they were assaulted whether it whatever the case it may be every woman i know has had a story i'm fighty i punch things that make me angry and i i do that very well i've broken a few noses i've broken a few fingers 
gotten away with a lot of shit that I probably shouldn't have gotten away with. But hypervigilance is exhausting as someone who comes across as a woman. It's just so fucking exhausting. And I hear people who constantly are like, well, what can I do? How can I help with this? You're not going to be able to change a system on your own. I know for me personally, having been in situations where men be doing shit it's isolating. Somehow you're you're the one who feels like you did something wrong, even when you didn't. Talk to people. Educate people. Do what you can to be like, hey, this is an epidemic. When we're being murdered left, right, and center because men be doing shit. And then just say sorry. And then... Yeah. And then, like, that's it. That's that's it. And they just walk away from it. And I'm not saying that we need to round them all up and remove them from the census but i am saying that we need to do that for people who do that to children (laughs) i know personally i need to be more aware of exactly what lines that i cross with my friends in public because what 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 i do with my friends is acceptable like the way I interact with my friends is appropriate, but to someone else, it seems it can seem inappropriate, which might make them think later on that's acceptable. And so it just hypervigilance is exhausting, but it's necessary, especially in cases of protecting yours and your own. Yeah. So Goodwin, do you want to follow that or should I? Uh, mine is definitely not as good as that, but I put uh, quality over quantity. It was 8v20, all right? And these guys obviously knew how to fucking fight. That doesn't matter if you got mages on your side. The the, the individual quality, quality of each... I'm not going to get into strategy and, and, you know, fucking tactics and shit. Better yourself. Let, let's loop this into, into, into indies a little bit, because now I'm fucking heated. Community protection, community defense. Find some way to help your friends, your family, your community that you're in. Whether that be having a useful skill, like, say, sewing, repairing clothes, uh, learning how to farm working with plants, owning firearms, having sustainable energy delivery systems. There are a lot of people in the, I'm going to call the prepper community. That was also in air quotes that I'm a technically sort of a part of. Uh, I call it prepper light because if if I call myself a prepper in public, people get this, you know, immediate kind of gut reaction of, ew, he's one of those. It's one of those goofy guys with 30 years of beans and a bunker in his backyard. It's not like that. But if you need to protect yourself and your family and the people around you, try to prepare yourself a little bit. Don't just, you know, hoard a bunch of guns or something. Learn how to use them. Don't just collect a bunch of perishable food. Like, learn how to make it. There are ways that you can be more useful to yourself and your community that don't take a lot of investment. But, you know, better yourself. Try to be prepared for future situations by go to the gym, work out, lose a few pounds, learn how to run a bit longer. There, there's simple stuff that you can do to make yourself more effective in a, in a life or death situation that don't necessarily require you to put money into. Just, you know, try to better yourself. And don't, don't be one of the people that sits in the background in a crowd twiddling your thumbs waiting for stuff to happen. Be proactive. If you see something happening to someone and they're alone or they're a part of your group and you feel awkward trying to like help them, like don't get in there and help the people around you. That probably didn't make a lot of sense, but I, I, I really ascribe to the, you know, be as useful as you can and multiply the effect you can have on people in a situation by making yourself more useful. And I've been trying to do that, not just with not just having guns, but learning how to use them, not just collecting food, but losing weight, like try to take care of yourself and don't let yourself be a burden on other people. Try to help others in the future with what you can than than to just be a better tractor. Mine is own yourself. Triss has this issue in this chapter of like, she doesn't want to be forward about who she is. It's causing her a boatload of problems 
a shipload, if you will. I think about how I have a tendency to intimidate people because I'm young and female and well-educated. I need to just be like, well, you know what? I am going to be young and female and well-educated and at, on, at some level, like just accept that people are going to be intimidated by me, but not try and like disguise myself because other people are afraid of me. And I think that if we have the ability to open up and be vulnerable in that way and be like, look, this is who I am and I'm not going to be apologetic about it by any means, then we have a better opportunity of actually getting to know people in a meaningful and positive way. I guess it's as much about self-acceptance as it is about telling other people, well, go fuck yourself. It's really being like, this is who I am. This part of myself is not going to change. I'm going to learn how to live with it. We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter 11 of The Will of the Empress. Briar hardly noticed Jagorce when he yanked his wardrobe open and grabbed the first decent looking shirt and breeches he saw. He closed the wardrobe, then remembered he'd need an overrobe. This time he opened the doors. He noticed Jagorce huddled in the farthest corner. She's no mage, he told the man. She can't see what you've heard. Even if you could sort out anything she wanted kept secret from the whole mess of things she doesn't care about. He left the wardrobe open as he stripped off his work clothes. Easy for you to say, snapped Jigors. You don't hear all the bits and pieces that make a single damning hole. Pulling on his breeches, Briar asked, And have you patched one together? A single damning hole that makes sense? I could, Jigors insisted, if I put my mind to it. Briar did up the buttons on his long shirt cuffs. Old man, your mind is in a thousand pieces. You lost it in a swamp of words and visions, he said, not unkindly. Nobody can use them to harm you until you put them together and tell someone. Do you even want to do that? Shigor straightened slightly. No, he replied slowly. There's too much and it's all a mess. He rubbed his bony nose. You don't think someone could torture me to speak it all and put it together out of that. They'd be as overwhelmed as you, Briar said, tugging on his boots. Lakeek's teeth, Shagors. You've been like this for 30 years. It's all swirled together inside your poor cracked head. Only another madman would want to fish for something real in there. He took out his handkerchief and gave the boots an extra wipe, shining the dull spots. If you think she's so powerful, just leave Namorn. Just leave Namorn, Jigors repeated, straightening even more. Briar looked up, saw the peril to his clothes, and moved them away from the madman. While his, while his mind knew that Sandry has made his garments to withstand all common wrinkles, his heart worried for his beautiful things. Just leave Namorn, he said. No Namorn, no Empress, no Empress, no torturers with painful spikes and tweezers and spells with your name on them. You haven't heard enough in any other country to make it worth their while, only here. He shrugged into his overrobe and glanced into the mirror. One of the good things about having very short hair was that it never required combing. Do you think I should grow a mustache? When no answer came, he looked around. Jigor sat, his long legs half in, half out of the wardrobe with tears running down his cheeks. Briar found his handkerchiefs. He took one over to Jigor's. You have to relax, he told Jigor sternly. You'll rattle yourself to pieces at this rate. What's wrong now? Or is it the thought of me in a mustache that makes you all weepy? So simple, the man replied in a voice that cracked. He blew his nose with a loud honk. You, you and Daja and Triss, you take the knot that has built up for so long and you just cut through it. I've tried for years to untie it and you chop it to pieces in a matter of days. Why didn't I see that? I have the years of a man while you're just children yet. Watch the children stuff, Briar advised. It's taken me all my life to shed that name. I'll thank you to keep it in mind. Jigors gave his nose a second blow. You've shed half a dozen names, he said, his voice muffled by the handkerchief. But there's one you'll never lose, and that's friend. That's it, Briar said, checking his cuffs. He was already embarrassed by emotional talk. I'm going to pay my compliments to the Empress. You can stay here, but you'll be a lot more comfortable in a chair or on the bed. Without looking back, he left the room closing the door gently behind him. 
He'll do better once he's out of Namorn, Briar thought as he trotted down the stairs. Maybe better enough to salvage a decent life for himself with the years he's got left. As he reached the ground floor, he thought, someone's got to do a better job of finding us peculiar ones before they end up like Jigors. Briar and a mustache does make me a weepy. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST, shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. And if you're a guy and, like, you're in a relationship or, like, you don't have a lot of female friends and you just hear about stuff happening out in public, like, you're like, oh, it can't be that often. Oh, it can't be every woman I know has gone through something like that. Like, it, it seems like such a faraway, displaced thing where, like, oh, it can't be that many men that are doing shit like this. But it is. It's people that you fucking know. It's like, it's it's your fucking cousin. It's your brother. It's your dad. It's it's It can be any fucking buddy, but, like... If they see a woman who like appears to be alone, they will try to take advantage of that in ways that are frankly just fucking gross. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.